Welcome to Metro Charities podcast series on equalities. I am Emma Jones, Head of Insight at Metro, which gives me the privilege of delving deeper into all the work we do and chatting to colleagues across the charity who deliver services in HIV support, mental health and well-being, youth work, sexual and reproductive health, and a range of community-based projects. In this series of interviews for Black History Month 2021, we will be reflecting on race equality and equity and what it means to us as a charity. Metro champions equality as part of our central mission. This concept and its practice is pivotal to the services we provide and supporting people who have protected characteristics recognised in the Equality Act legislation. In this podcast series, staff who are Black, Asian or from another ethnic minority group will discuss their personal heritage and identity and how it intersects with the work they do at Metro to promote equality and diversity. Please join us in reflecting on the progress and barriers to race equality and equity as we celebrate Black History Month. Hi, my name's Mark Delacour and I'm the Director of External Affairs here at Metro Charity. I use the pronouns he, him, and it's my privilege today to be joined uh, by Isaac Tendo, um, who also uses the pronouns he, him, who is our HIV Youth Coordinator. And I'd like to dive straight in um, and speak to you, Isaac, about um, where did you grow up? Yeah, so um, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I grew up in uh, predominantly in northwest London, um, around the areas of Wembley, Alperton, um, Halsden, Sudbury. So, yeah, if you're familiar with those areas, mm-hmm. you'll know. Cool. And you would you say that those areas were particularly diverse, given where they where they are in London? Yeah, they were, for me they were diverse. Uh, we had um, a, a large Asian community, um, a large Afro Caribbean community, um, also white community. So yeah, it was like a crossbreed of um, different cultures. How did that sort of um, mix of cultures in that area reflect on your own heritage? At first, I have to be honest, growing up as a migrant, I was a bit reserved about my culture, still Mm -hmm. trying to understand where it fits in in my own identity. Um, However, seeing, for example, how unashamed some other cultures were about their food, their music, it was all inspiring, but it also helped me um, develop my taste and acceptance in different cultures and what they offer. And your own family, what's what's the heritage there? So my own family, um, my mother is originally from Angola. Uh, my dad's from Congo. Um, we're situated around West Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we're from. And then in, in, within that sort of local area, um, you said you had a broad range of diversity. Did you find that that was something that helped you feel very comfortable or is that something where actually there were different cultures but you maybe didn't see your own reflected as a as a young adult you kind of just absorb what's around you it's only as I grow up I reflect and understand so I wasn't really aware of how it affected me Mm. I was just absorbing it Um, I didn't see my African um, heritage celebrated as much Um, I don't think there was 
yeah, we was at that stage culturally. Um, so yeah, it did make me think, okay, I don't, do I celebrate, do I embrace my Africanness? Um, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> um, and also the juxtaposition of being British as well. So my parents are, they were raised in Africa. I'm African heritage, but I'm also raised in Britain. So at home we had that tension as well because I was like, yeah. but I'm British and your culture doesn't match with what I believe. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a juxtaposition. Definitely. Yeah. And would you say that that's around the same time where you started to develop your own awareness of, of race in terms of your own identity? Yeah, definitely. I think around the ages of 14, 15, I developed more curiosity in how, like, what it means to be black. Um, so I went to libraries, read books around Martin Luther King, um, tried to understand more African history. Um, yeah, just because my parents, even though they're from Africa, they didn't tell me much stories about where I was from. So it was just more like a personal quest. So a bit of a kind of exploring that heritage yeah. in terms of um, where your family was from. Yeah. And once you sort of were discovering more about what it meant to you in terms of your identity to be a black man, yeah. Um, how, how did that feel? Did that feel like a, a good exploration, a good realisation of identity? Um, it was a mix of both because with, with that journey, I had to confront some maybe limitations and also explore the possibilities. So I explained the limitations, obviously, the things like poverty, um, things like just the history of slavery. Um, that can all affect your identity in terms of like, okay, I don't see much positive examples, mm -hmm. um, but they are positive examples. So I went on that quest to see, okay, I discovered black innovators, black leaders. And so that gave me, okay, I get to choose what I bring to the world as a black man. Mm -hmm. My history doesn't really define me, but it's an important aspect to know about myself and my people. I suppose that leads us on to, to my next question quite well, because we're talking about um, you know, what you can become, what you can do and how that doesn't necessarily have to be limited in any way by, yeah. by history or heritage. Um, so how did your career path start to develop? Yeah, so I think as a teenager, I was, um, I've always had this sense that I wanted to improve the lives of people. Um, I was into media into writing. Um, so when I went to college, I did study around that business, media, English. Um, then when I went to university, um, I studied marketing. So it was just more like an exploration around interests. After finishing uni, I knew that I definitely wanted to work with young people, um, specifically from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, so just through like navigating, <laughs> looking for jobs, I kind of landed into youth work, um, landed into like social work, working with people, working with, um, yeah, people from a dis disadvantaged background. And 
yeah, that's how it led me to what I do now. Well, we're obviously very pleased that you've joined uh, Metro and for the work that you do with us. But I suppose I just want to wind back a little bit sure. to um, that those sort of um, how your, your career developed through college and through university. Because um, it sounds like when you were a little bit younger, so before then, you were very much on your own discovering that heritage, that history. Yeah. Do you think that improved when you were going through college and university? Were you seeing examples and role models um, that you could kind of relate to? Or was that still very much something that was quite self-directed and self-focused? Um, I started to see more role models in terms of like the media. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there was like a shift between just the standard, standardised image of a black man or black culture people start to challenge it like that's not just who we are there's more texture and flavor to that so that was good so um it helped me to because I was a bit nerdy but what I saw on tv was like you have to be hard so a gangster and when I started to see like a new image like actually you can be a black person who's into whatever you're into um, it gave me permission to just be myself. Awesome. And then um, coming back round to, to working here, um, would you be able to describe um, the work that you do here at Metro? Yep. So as you said, I'm a HIV youth coordinator. What that insists of is um, I work with young people who are either HIV positive or they have a relative or a close family member who's HIV positive. Um, And what I try to provide is a safe space for them to explore what it means to live with HIV or to just be aware of it um, within your family. And I also try to provide, um, for example, just experiences for them to expand their knowledge on HIV, but also not just to focus on HIV, but to focus on their life well-being, so what they want to do as a profession, their mental health. Um, so yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is, of course, a really important part of the services we offer here as part of our HIV domain. Um, with with those um, those services, who do you generally see accessing that support with us? Yeah, so I usually see young people between the ages of 13 to... 2023 um their background would be um afro-caribbean so either they're from africa or the caribbeans or a blend of both Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's the majority and then would you say that um your own experience is something that helps you in terms of providing those services in a sort of inclusive way yeah definitely so my own story is that when I was around that age, even younger, um, I don't know where they came from, but I was just had an awareness that there was these people who came to our homes, they took us out, mm-hmm. and we had experiences that my parents couldn't provide for me. And it was amazing for me as a young person. Um, growing up and having more awareness, speaking to my parents, like, who were those people? I realised they were, like, youth workers, charity um people from charities and yeah that motivated me or that planted a seed to kind of um do the work I do now um I'm very passionate about 
people from young people from disadvantaged backgrounds um, to have experiences and have the opportunity to learn new things that maybe their own family context or their environment can't provide for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really um, great work that you do. Thank you. Um, that helps people really have that extra opportunity to discover what they can be, but also you're, I would say, probably becoming a role model to those young people as well. Um, how does that, how does that feel? Um, it feels really normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it in a, in a, in a bragging way, but I aim to be a role model mm -hmm. um, because I've had other role models who've kind of, like instilled certain values in me um so i try to be someone that can inspire other people amazing really really glad to hear that you're happy being a role <laughs> model um, and that that's happening within the services that we're able to offer um in terms of your your work here could you describe maybe um a couple of highlights what your favorite moments have been i think my favorite moments are just when I get to speak with a young person or a young, yeah, a young person and just help them navigate. It's either maybe a college situation, educational situation that they're trying to just need confidence in terms of like, okay, you can do this or you can apply for that university. Um, helping them get support in terms of like mental health. Um, I think that's so important, especially in, like in a black community, sometimes mental health can be taboo. Um, but I think that's changing more and more. Yeah, but my, my, my passion is just to be like outside in the field working with young people. That's, that's where I come alive. So ultimately, the perfect role for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So when did you start at Metro? So yeah. I started working for Metro around October 2019 mm -hmm. and yeah. So you were one of the, the, the more recent staff but were able to join us at a time before we were all in lockdown. So you actually got to meet uh, some of the rest of the team yeah. in person and actually um, work with service users face to face as well. Yeah. I mean, how, how did you find the transition from that face to face in person delivery? Uh, to delivering online as we moved into lockdown? Yeah, it was unexpected. <laughs> um, at first, I thought it would last a month and then we'll get back. But then a month went on, a month went on, and we were like, people were saying, this is the new normal. And I was like, seriously? <laughs> um, but we had to quickly adapt our services in order to make sure that young people throughout this time were supported because a lot was going on that we just didn't see coming. And what do you think some of the main struggles were for, for young people um, during the pandemic? For example, studying from home, mm. um, not being able to have that outlet, going out, seeing friends, so the isolation, um, and then just other global incidents that happened that could affect, affect them. Mm. So I suppose one of those, um, sort of key movements during that time, you know, the backdrop of the pandemic yeah. um, was Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how did that sort of impact you? And how do you think, as you say, that impacted our, our service users? 
yeah, it was just really shocking at first to witness the incident that happened, to see the different responses, and then trying to grapple with your own type of thoughts and ideas. So it was hard. And yeah, I was I was pretty quite shocked. I didn't think I would see something like that in this day and age. But yeah, it just it just highlighted that there was more work to do in terms of um, racial equality. And yeah, in terms of the young people, for me, I think they'll maybe a bit as a young person. Sometimes you feel hurt, and rightly so. And maybe how you how that hurt. How that hurt manifests, it's in different ways. Some of, sometimes it's like outrage, sometimes it's rioting, sometimes it's um, protesting. Mm -hmm. So as a youth coordinator, I kind of had to help them navigate their anger, the emotions, and help them get perspective on things because, um, yeah, the Black Lives Matter, it just didn't happen right there. There's a whole history of things that I kind of had to introduce them to. Like, this is this is an ongoing thing. And in order to understand this, you have to understand the history of it so you can get perspective on the future. How do you, how do you feel about Metro's response to the Black Lives Matter movement? I'll just describe how Metro responded and then I'll give my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think from my perspective, um, they created a space for conversation to happen um, I feel like they also allowed scrutiny in terms of are we what are we doing to are we doing anything to add negatively to this or are we being a positive force so they allowed and started speaking okay how can we better accommodate not even accommodate but address this issue within our organization better. Um, I think they allowed the black senior managers, leaders to kind of lean in that because they might have more context and understanding with how staff are reacting. Mm -hmm. um, on a personal level, I think I only joined one of the conversations mm -hmm. um, because for me, it was too much. You know, we was in the lockdown. Um, I, have, I have kids, I have a wife, I have a job. Um, so to speak about something that's really intense, it was just a lot for me. So I thought, I'm just going to step back on it. And that was great because it wasn't like, you have to be on this because of we need your voice. It was just more like, if you want to, and they allow different, you know, races to join in the conversation. So mm -hmm. people who may not, understand the perspective can be open to share look i don't understand why people are mad um and then somebody else can respond to it and be like this is why so the conversation was healthy and it's ongoing um there's a forum formed and there's people allocated and volunteered to kind of keep that conversation going so it's not just like oh this is popped up and we address it and then as it fades no, I feel like it's something that they're committed to um, processing and um, addressing. But would you say there's anything that Metro could do to make it easier for people to be involved in those conversations? I think because at the time, a lot of the conversations was happening over Zoom. 
me personally, I was fatigued, Zoom fatigue, hashtag that. Um, <laughs> I just didn't want to be on another Zoom talking about another heavy topic. So um, I think providing spaces where, you know, maybe it's like in-person forum. Um, and sometimes with like abstract, um, abstract emotions, like anger and hurt and trying to grapple with that. Sometimes you need creative outlets. So I would say maybe doing something more on the creative side that help people kind of express without words what they feel in and reflect on it. There's science back in how creativity heals and brings people together. So I think that would help the organisation kind of deal with it but also draw other um, like potential service users to have a space where maybe other organisations are not providing to kind of process that as well. So, mm. Mm. Well, I really like the idea of a, a more creative approach. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've probably all had enough Zooms for, <laughs> yeah, for, for a while, for a while, but a creative approach could be a really nice way to, to bring people together and... Um, start to redefine the direction of what the what the react's doing yeah definitely yeah um in terms of of metro as a whole um so across all of the charity um what hopes do you have for our role in addressing race-related inequalities yeah i think um one thing that i love about metro is just its commitment to embrace diversity um that's one thing that drew me to the organization so in terms of development i would just love to see uh, metro continue to be curious continue to be open continue to provide space where they can listen to what certain groups need and formulate plans to meet those needs um specifically for black people um yeah, I think Metro does a great job in celebrating um, black culture and understanding the history. So, yeah, I would just love to see more understanding of maybe the not so obvious struggles or needs that are in, in this community. We sort of started talking about your, your own experiences growing up. Um, and, and how you sort of navigated to discovering more about your own heritage. Yeah. Um, and then how potentially that, that's impacted you and, and what you've seen in the media or through education as you've sort of moved through your life and, and developed and um, ended up here at Metro with us. Um, I suppose in terms of the young people that you work with now... Do you think much has changed in terms of what they might be experiencing compared with uh, you at that age? In principle, no. But yes, at the same time. Um, No, because young people are exposed to much more now. I feel compared to when I grew up, we had the TV, we had the internet that was like early 2000s starting to become a thing. Um, Social media just got introduced. Um, So 
at that time, my parents would probably say, you have too much access. But now I'm kind of of age. Compared to my, when I grew up, young people have so much more access and exposure to different things. So in terms of race, they get to see more images and more incidences that are happening around the world. And some of them have not yet developed the awareness. Like, you don't need to take that on, even though it might be linked to your race or linked to what you've been through. You don't have to take it on. No one have, not everyone has to be an activist. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay to just be a human. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot has changed for good and bad because I feel the awareness is important. You get to grow in compassion, get to join movements. But then also the negative side of that is, as I said, you can over ruminate on pain Mm. and hurt and sometimes you just need to like get in touch with the present yeah so maybe sometimes actually it's a bit of a double-edged sword yeah on on the one hand you've got this connectivity and this ability to be um, aware of so much more and to see more role models to see more influences that you really relate to but on the other hand you, you kind of you get to see everything that's potentially not going well. Yeah. And that can be quite, you know, overwhelming perhaps in some way. Yeah. And I feel what we need is that person in the middle, that kind of young people can go to and say, this is what I saw today. I don't understand it. And they can speak to it, speak to that person and they might behave able to give them context and have a conversation so if you're just seeing things and you don't have that middle ground to explore and to kind of develop healthy perspective you know that can just go you can start developing anger towards a certain race or certain people and yeah it's not healthy and would you say that your your role actually can sometimes be that that intermediary that that middle person yeah definitely uh how I see my role, I always see it, describe it as like a bridge. Um, I'm in the middle, young people are going through their journey and I've been maybe two, three steps ahead of them. I may not understand everything they're going through, but in terms of like emotion and principles, I may be able to give them that perspective that can ground them and help them in their future. So moving on from sort of... um what Metro can do and, and the changes that we can try and keep striving to, to make in terms of um, improving the world and also the, the work that we do and the service users we work with in terms of race-related inequalities and yeah. inequity. Um, how, how would you sum up in one or two words what race, equity and equality means to you? In a few words, I would just sum it up, sum it up as acceptance um i say that because we're all different and sometimes differences rub the wrong way (laughs) um and sometimes they blend together quite beautifully but i think in terms of making the world better we need to just learn how to accept the differences um and then the next word i'll use is yeah celebration i feel all different communities. Um, as we're speaking about black community, there's lots of things to celebrate. And as we look for the positives to like 
insinuate it, bring it out to the light. People will be curious to understand it and eventually accept. Accept it, yeah. Nice, nice. Thank you. Um, well, I hope um, that we can continue working together, uh, accepting and celebrating. Yeah. Um, and um, thank you very much for spending some time with us today for this podcast. No problem at all. Thanks for listening to Metro's podcast on equalities. Please join us to continue the conversation online by following us at Metro Charity on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast series on your preferred app. And to find out more about our services, please visit our website, metrocharity.org.uk. Thank you.